بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الحمد لله إن الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على من لا نبي بعده قد قال تبارك وتعالى في كلامه المجيد والفرقان الحميد بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا ونبينا وشفيعنا وحبيبنا وسندنا ومولانا محمد وبارك وسلم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم من صلى علي صلاة واحدة صلى الله عليه بها عشرة وكما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت العزيز الحكيم رب زدني علما رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحلل عقدة من لسان يفقه قولي Dear respected listeners Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh On Tuesday we began looking at the verse of Surah Al-Baqarah and the dua mentioned within of Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasanatan wa qina adhab an-nar and in that session we spent some time looking at how important this dua is based on the frequency of which our beloved messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to recite this dua in today's lesson we're going to look at some of its historical background number 1 and through that the lesson that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us in respect to duas in general this ayah in this verse is revealed in the midst of the conversation or in the midst of the discussion of Hajj and Umrah Al-Hajj wa shurun ma'lumat faman farada fihinna al-Hajj fala rafatha wala fusuq wala jidala fi al-Hajj wa ma taf'alu min khayri ya'lamuhu Allah wa tazawwadu fa inna khayra az-zadi at-taqwa wa at-taquni ya'ulil albab all the way up until this verse and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives very clear instructions of what to do at the time of Hajj, what stations to go to. فَإِذَا أَفَضْتُمْ مِنْ عَرَفَاتِ فَاذْكُرُوا اللَّهَ عِنْدَ الْمَشْعَرِ الْحَرَامِ وَاذْكُرُوهُ كَمَا هَدَاكُمْ وَإِنْ كُنْتُمْ مِنْ قَبْلِهِنَ مِنَ الضَّالِّينَ ثُمَّ أَفِيذُوا مِنْ حَيْثُ وَفَاضَ النَّاسِ وَاسْتَغْفِرُوا اللَّهِ So the different maqams, the different states or places that a person um, goes and visits at the time of Hajj Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about that In the midst of that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Singles out A few practices That were prevalent Fi ayyam al-jahiliyya According to one opinion And Imam Fakhruddin al-Razi Rahimahullah in his tafsir al-kabir Mentions that this isn't specific To ayyam al-jahiliyya But some commentators believe that this Carried on as a practice afterwards as well In the time of the Sahaba Kiram So 
what were these practices that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala singled out? The first was after the ninth of Dhul-Hijjah being at the place of Mina and from Mina on the 10th where the pilgrims then travel to the Mount of Arafat and on the day of Arafah they worshipped and from there they moved on to Muzdalifa where they spent the right in the night and then moved back to Mina at these different junctions there was worship singled out from the time of Ibrahim and these rites the rituals were ones that were practiced from Abrahamic traditions but what the Quraysh used to do when they finished the main rituals and they completed the rituals that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had made incumbent upon them in terms of spending the time in Arafat, spending the night in Muzdalifa. And then when they used to return to Mina, then the practice was that instead of engaging in worship, they would instead at that occasion remember their forefathers it was almost off of a letting off of uh, sort of steam that had built up from the ibadat and the worship of the previous days and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says fa manasikakum that when you complete your rituals fadhkurullah then at that junction remember allah just like you are prone to remember your forefathers or even greater remembrance. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings attention to this practice that they had of once they completed the rituals that they would then engage in the discussion of their forefathers, the accomplishments, uh, some of the feats that had occurred on their hands and they would spend the days following in Mina in this type of conversation. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that, and this is a lesson in terms of ibadah, that and upon the completion of the main rituals of a worship, then one should still stay focused in the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in actual fact, one should be concerned and worried whether Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has accepted that uh, worship that we had offered Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or not. And so that's the first practice. The second practice that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala draws attention to is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ يَكُولُ رَبَّنَا آتِنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا وَمَا لَهُ فِي الْآخِرَةِ مِنْ خَلَاقٍ that there are some people from amongst them who then make dua by saying, Oh Allah, grant us in this world. Rabbana, atina fi dunya. Grant us from this world. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there is nothing for them and there is no portion left for them in the hereafter. So the second habit that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala draws attention to is that at such a blessed place, 
And on such a blessed occasion, at the completion of the main rituals of Hajj, and at this blessed place of Mina, how are they worshipping Allah? Some people, that when they ask from Allah all that they are concerned of, is of asking of the world. Their only concern is with material of this world. And what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is doing through this verse and the next verse is teaching us the etiquette of dua. What are the etiquettes of supplication? Number one, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala highlights the importance of acknowledging the place, the occasion that we are in. And when you highlight its importance, the dua should reflect that importance. And number two, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us the etiquette of how and what to make dua for. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us a balance. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that this is the bad practice of certain people. That even on this occasion when they have completed their rituals to me, all they are worried about is material. رَبَّنَا آتِنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ يَقُولُ And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives the... Uh, he speaks... Positively about the other group That some of them The opposite When they ask They say رَبَّنَا آتِنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا حَسَنًا وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ حَسَنًا وَقِنَا عَذَابِ النَّارِ That there is In Islam There is a balance There isn't just singling out The dunya In our pleading from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And other Mufti Shafi Sahib Uthmani he says that it's almost as if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that these people, even their hajj, even their hajj was dictated by material. That the only reason why they are here is so that they can ask me for the world and nothing else. And the importance of Acknowledging Allah in, his du- in their du'a And that's why Imam Fakhruddin al-Razi rahimahullah, He says that the practice in the time of Jahiliyyah Was that after the rituals They would say, oh Allah grant us camels Oh Allah grant us uh, more cow, cows in, uh, in our herd Oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Grant us X, Y, Z And just about material And there's no concern of the hereafter and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala draws attention Hazrat Mufti Shafi rahimahullah He says that this is also a lesson for the believers Of how to make dua This also rebuts the notion That one is not allowed to make dua for the world No, there is a balance You ask and look at the beautiful words Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses If you notice in the two verses the ones that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is speaking ill of, who ask only of the dunya, he says, they say, رَبَّنَا آتِنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا 
And the ones who are on the positive side, they say, Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana. Why do they leave out? Why did Allah leave out the word hasana? Because those who are materialistically orientated, they're not concerned of where the dunya comes from, whether it's from a good source or from an evil source. And those who have concern of the hereafter in Allah, then even when they ask Allah for the world, they want it to be from pure sources. They want it to be from tayyib sources. They want it to be from halal sources. The difference. That someone who is greedy, who can't even, on the occasion, what Allah is saying, that who can't even remember Allah on this occasion, then where is this person's moral compass going to be when it comes to the dunya? They will take, usurp, they will misuse the trust, they will take what's not rightfully theirs, they will be oppressive in their attaining of the dunya. And the sign of this is that when they're in front of Allah on these very blessed occasions, then all they can think about is the dunya. And in retrospect, the opposite side, those individuals who are close to Allah, they say, Allah grant us good from this dunya. But they don't forget the akhirah. A balance. Islam is all about i'tidal. It's all about a balance, striking a balance. And here is the clear proof that one is allowed to ask Allah for the dunya. Hasana. What is meant by hasana? And in different tafsirs, there are different interpretations of the word hasana. Hazrat Mufti Shafi Sahib in Ma'arif al-Qur'an, he mentions a very uh, comprehensive, he says that this dua is a jami' dua, is a comprehensive dua. And what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, that these people when they ask Allah, hasana here means referring to all the good of the dunya and all the good of the akhirah. That they beg of Allah that any good of this dunya, Allah give it to us. If it's in my wealth, grant me goodness within that. If it's in my family, grant me goodness within that. If it's in my own bodily functions, Allah grant me afia and siha uh, 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 in my body, etc. etc. And when it comes to the hereafter, Allah, when it comes to your rida, grant us goodness on that occasion. When it comes to Jannah, grant us goodness in, in terms of that. Waqina adab al-nar and safeguard us from the fire of Jahannam. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the adhan is going off, so we'll have to conclude. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this dua teaches us the etiquette of making dua. And don't become completely materialistic when you're asking Allah that you even forget that you're asking from Allah. That the hajj almost becomes as if you are performing it only to attain material. But ultimately, what should always be in a believer's mind is that I have to please Allah and I should seek His countenance and His happiness. So that is a brief summary of this verse. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the tawfiq. Like I mentioned, it's something that Prophet frequented in his own du'as. Allah grant us the tawfiq to recite this du'a as often as possible. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the good of this world, grant us the good of the hereafter. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us from the fire of Jahannam. Wa akhiru dawan, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Subhanallah wa bihamdi, subhanakallahum wa bihamdik. Wa nashadu wa la ilaha illa ant. Nastaghfirukum wa dhubu ilayk. Jazakumullah khairan, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.